If you don't know it by now, I can be a bit controversial on how I handle my business and in how I coach other designers about their business. Running a design firm or any small business for that matter is not a one-size-fits-all wrapped up in a pretty bow. It's about building the framework from the ground up and having a solid foundation that will make it recession-proof. The Design Paradigm is a comprehensive and powerful coaching program for interior designers wanting a challenge and looking to grow. It has epic twists and turns in the way you might think about business. If you are a little rebellious in thought, want to win it, avoid groupthink, don't care what others are doing, and want a sustainable business over the long haul that makes you stand out, then the Design Paradigm is the right place for you. We will be a partner in reimagining and refocusing your business from the ground up. Find out more at theinteriordesignparadigm.com. The hardest thing I have ever done in my business is learning to be okay not driving the bus. Welcome to the Damn Good Designer Podcast. Join host Cheryl and Liz, the visionary and integrator balancing all the moving parts of a full-service interior design firm. Get ready for a wild ride as they challenge the norms, challenge the industry, and challenge you with damn good truths about what success looks like today. Now your hosts. Welcome everyone. So excited to be here today to talk about a much requested subject. What in the heck do we do every day? I think sometimes a lot of my friends wonder about this. I think sometimes my husband wonders about this. And we are going to bring you the visionary and integrator live from the Liz and Cheryl reality today. So the truth is, we just look at fabrics and pretty pictures of rooms every day, right, Liz? And do the lunching out thing. Not. Oh, I wish. <laughs> no, not. I've always wanted to say that, just to say that that's what we do. But actually, we don't do that. But more so, we want to talk about the roles Liz and I have in the business and how we make it work because we really do get asked this a ton by coaching clients and also just in general, it's been a really hot topic of how we make it work with a visionary and integrator and just specifically what we do. We are very much a visionary and integrator, but we modified it. It's, it's modified a little bit from what the typical definitions are. It, not everything that I do or Liz does falls exactly into those uh, categories, but I'll tell you the truth. This is a little bit of a tiny damn good truth. Uh, at the front here. I remember very distinctly, y'all, at some point after Liz was fully into her role, wanting to sit down and cry. And you're thinking, why? Because you have this fabulous unicorn of a person, why would you wanna do that? It's because until Liz came along, I never had anyone who really understood not just me and my crazy personality, but also the day-to-day -day issues of running a business with a team and was able to really, I don't know, just understand the ups, the downs, the dealing with not only employees and the rest of the team and the frustrations that, that came along with that, but also the subs and the contractors too. It was, it was this big kind of validation in my business. You know, I felt like, oh my God, I'm actually not crazy after all. <laughs> I am not crazy because I have this really normal unicorn of a person who is actually validating and understood it, that I, that the frustrations and she saw it and got it. And really it was pretty amazing. I remember very vividly too when Cheryl approached me about talking about this book and about this whole idea of the integrator and the visionary and I think it definitely helped solidify how I looked at what my contribution needed to be um, but also how to best use my effort and my energy to be able to really get to what it is that she needed to have done every day 
Um, so it definitely was a game changer, I think, in how our dynamic worked in the workplace, but also very much in just sort of understanding that we were both in the boat together, which obviously some days mm. it feels like that's all you need to be able to get through. Yeah, that's one of the things we like to say, too, is is to to people that work with us, you know, like, we, we need you to be in the boat with us. We really need to be paddling in the same direction, and we just need to feel sometimes like you're in the boat with us, right? I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I think I've done a couple of little quippy things about that too that I'll have to dig out and find but um but that is really it you know making sure that people understand that that you're in the that they they need to be in that boat with us so so the first thing I would say to do is buy the book rocket fuel and I've got it right here but you can't see it because we're on a podcast not a video but it's got an orange cover on it orange and white it's by Gino Wickman and it is a great book it's a very easy read too and it talks all about visionaries and integrators you know and, and they both need each other you know I'm definitely a visionary uh, probably like many of you listening, you know, that's probably the case. Uh, but I also have some integrator characteristics, which can sometimes make for a little bit of a, of a dynamic, but we're going to talk about all that and, and, and explain it. But at the time when Liz came into my life, I desperately needed an integrator. And, you know, it's Nirvana now. This is like probably the best thing that's ever happened in my business, honestly. Uh, but it, but I needed it probably even before then, you know, but I kept because the frustration level and all those things. And we'll kind of talk about, you know, what it is that that makes you think that you need one now or whatever. It's different than just needing an assistant. And it's also uh, comes with a lot of responsibility on your end to be able to release some control. Um, we like to term it more of a get it done person, you know, the orchestrator of the symphony. I'm more of the visionary that wants to not only conduct the symphony, but also count the proceeds from the gate too. Now, sometimes in, in when you read uh, Rocket Fuel, it will talk about the fact that a lot of times integrators are also dealing with the business end and the day-to-day -day business, but that's strictly me. I do all of that. So that's where my integrator personality comes out. Yeah, Liz is not... <laughs> Liz not is not like that. <laughs> yeah, no. And she does invoices and things like that and all, all that sort of thing. And she, you know, reads reports I give her and all that. And, and she always acts like it's like some miracle magic thing, you know, <laughs> these QuickBook reports. I know, I but, love uh, but, but yeah, but, but overall, you know, it's, I'm doing that part of it. And if you're looking for an integrator and you are a visionary, then when you read this book, it will be an incredible eye-opening experience for you. It'll help define what you're looking for. Um, but just remember, it, it doesn't have to be textbook because then you might just sit there and not, and not look for this person. You, you've got to take sometimes uh, the, most of the qualities that you need and look for and then really apply to that to the people that you're talking to about, about doing that. And you have to be really careful because you might drive each other nuts. Well, what's I think hilarious about this all too is that obviously we didn't plan for this dynamic. It's not like Cheryl like put some little unicorn post out into the world and all of a sudden I came calling to be her integrator. But <laughs> no. it definitely it was a Craigslist was ad, y'all. It was a Craigslist <laughs> ad. Do you remember that, Liz? Yeah, it was a Craigslist ad. I do. I remember. But I think that in the beginning, I wasn't quite sure how I fit into the company or how the long-term trajectory of my professional career was going to take hold in this company. I just knew that there were things that seemed to be opportunities for me to kind of dig my heels in a little bit and really learn about. And what really was beneficial to me is that for as challenging as it was in certain instances, as I grew, being able to understand that I could really put kind of like my 
like can do, like figure it out attitude and that sort of learning capacity into something that was more productive for us as a whole, it really helped me feel validated in what I was doing. And then it only helped to kind of grow the type of things that I wanted to do, the ways that I wanted to be a partner to Cheryl and how we sort of handled certain things with some of the team. Um, it definitely, I can think of many, many times when we had new hires that weren't working out where it was really challenging, but being able to kind of sit there and think about it and figure out what the next strategy was going to be made so much more sense to me knowing where her role was and where mine was. Yeah. And that, and defining the roles is, is important, you know, throughout the entire company, you know, not depending on uh, how, how large or small you may be, even if you have one assistant, defining their role is really, really important. And integrators are often uh, sort of perfectionists, but responsible perfectionists. You know, they believe their their own self-worth relies on them doing good things. They are responsible about their commitments. And um, that's one of the things that, that really was important to me about Liz is that she followed through. And if she said she was going to do something, she would do it. Maybe sometimes not always exactly when she said she would do it. Yes, sometimes, you know, to learn still is. Yes. Yes. That's, that's been one of the things is not to overpromise, but, but she would get it done. And, and that's the truth. And, and they feel good when they're accomplishing tasks, you know, but they have to be to their high standards. So sometimes it's a little hard for them to delegate. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite things I ever did was I asked Jonathan Adler after a, uh, a, a some, you know, thing I was listening to him speak. And I said, you know, I introduced myself to him and I, he had been talking about delegation. So I said, I need you to tell Liz this. And so I've got it on my YouTube channel that says, Liz, you need to delegate, delegate, you need to delegate Liz. And I loved that so much because it was so true. And I, I play it to her every now and again, when I feel like, you know, she's like, oh, I can just do that myself. No, Liz. The whole idea is you have to delegate. And I'm a great delegator. I delegate the living crap out of everything. But these people are also very loyal. This uh, a good integrator. And they have a sense of duty and a moral compass and that sort of thing. You know, so do you need a person like this? Heck yeah. Most of you are probably salivating at this and going, yes, that's exactly what I need. And I think you need one if you're running a firm of any size and if you're not one yourself. Maybe, I don't know, maybe like a half a million in revenue uh, and you're in desperate need of this person to help you grow to a million. You know, when you get to a certain level, you really need to be able to do it. But these people are expensive. You know, you're going to have to pay these people well because a really good integrator is going to change your life. So sometimes people ask me, you know, how do I know if I'm an integrator or a visionary or whatever? Well, if you get the book, you know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you with that a lot. As a matter of fact, I think the first time I read it, Liz, didn't I either text you pictures of it or I don't remember because yes. I, I have the big, book right now like, with me. Big chunks of paragraphs with every, <laughs> like, you know how your teacher in high school says, don't yeah. underline the whole paragraph, like just highlight a few key words so you can skim back through it. This was like paragraph after paragraph, line itemed with details in the, in the columns. Yeah, I, I wish that I had, uh, had- It had, was a moment. Yeah, I wish I had uh, you know, marked all those so I could read them to you guys, but I do have one that I can read. Um, this was the visionary challenges, here's what you aren't. And then this is the, one of the things I thought was hysterical, staying focused 
For one, you get bored easily, hello? As a result, you start creating a little chaos just to spice things up a bit. That pattern shows up even more whenever you step into the integrator role. So that is when you get out of your lane and you get into your integrator's lane, you know, and, and here's the thing it said, you know, it, it talks about that, um, that a lot of times with your team, they go along with your ideas and you're like, they're excited and they're going, they're, they get this whiplash effect because they're following you and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Liz is back over there going, whoa, whoa, we have this job and that job and we need to do this and blah, blah, blah. And Cheryl, really? We're going to start a podcast? I will tell you guys the truth. When I came in and I told Libby and Liz, who were at that time were in my same, we were all in the same little office upstairs. And I said, I want to do a podcast. They looked at me with murder in their eyes. I am not <laughs> kidding you. I mean, do you remember that? You, you and Liz, Libby do. both. And I felt so... Like, I was so excited. You know, I'm going to do a podcast. We're going to do this. This is going to be awesome. And they looked at me like I was, you know, had lost every bit of sense that I ever had. And I really had to, to kind of talk you guys into it. Don't you think? I mean, I, yeah, it's, you know, I, it was not probably one of my finer moments professionally because I do try to be positive in a lot of ways. But I think that, you know, it's just a dynamic of, you know, f feeling the like weight of your to-do list and then thinking to yourself, how, how is it possible that like, I don't even know how to do that. Like, how do you even do a podcast? How do you, what do you think of, I don't even know if I have anything to say. I've got so many things I got to say to subs and to clients and to our team. Like, how am I going to have time for that too? But yeah. I think that just like Cheryl is saying, there's a certain amount of being able to kind of see past that, once you understand kind of where you fit into the dynamic, being able to really look at that and say like, you know what, I need to tone back my response and really think about this because again, those different contributions in a company make so much of a difference in the broader potential that a company can have. So to be able to really hone in on that and try to foster it is so much more beneficial than to to squash it and to feel like, oh, this is too much. It's too overwhelming. We just need to stay in our lane and keep doing the things that we're doing. Right. And at least I follow up with my, you know, my ideas generally will come to fruition and I will work on them. But, but this whole concept of whiplash that they talk about in Rocket Fuel is really about having chasing a lot of different squirrels and going you know after this one then after this one and what happens is that then the continuity of the company you lose consistency because everyone's following you because you're you're the leader that's one of the the traits of a good visionary and so everybody's like okay yeah Cheryl said we're doing a podcast so now I'm researching this and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and you know whatever and so a good shout out for for Tracy DeForge because I found her so I'll give her a little plug here and she has made this so effortless so I'm just gonna put that in there um, as, as, a, as a shout out to her because she really her and her team and the producer and uh, you know Russ and, and Tammy everybody has been really great on their team so that has made it a lot easier and that's actually what I said to you guys remember Liz yeah. I said no no wait now we have somebody that's going to do this for us okay so this is not this is not so crazy you know because we we're doing this the right way Liz this is not us trying to do this at midnight or whatever or trying to fit it into our you know my marketing days which are like I've said before at 2 a.m. so anyway going back to this the integrators are good they're um, operational planners or organizers or administrators uh, they really can take something and you know and just get it done that's kind of how I like to look at it and maybe not every delegator is like that but that's certainly the way Liz is you know and, and again they're not great delegators um, they are you know their expectations of themselves are very high and that's the case with visionaries generally speaking too you know but visionaries tend to be able to delegate a little bit more 
or if you are really mindful of it. Um, but they come to around to understanding the need and the value of delegation if you can illustrate the benefits to the overall get it done concept. You know, it just takes a little bit of time, I think. I think integrators uh, can also be very impatient when someone doesn't think ahead or do a task in the right way, and then others pick up on this. You know, Liz is super great with the team, and she can say, something one way and it comes across like everybody's going, yeah, that's great, you know, and then I say it and then it comes around, it comes across completely different, you know, it's just our personalities are different in that regard and I really respect how she's able to to handle the team in that that sort of idea. And the benefits of an integrated personality far outweighs the downsides for sure, uh, but it's something to be aware of as, as other team members can be left feeling out of the loop sometimes if you are giving all that responsibility to this person and they can't feel like they can live up. And I think that, again, Liz has done a really good job of being able to balance all of that. Well, I think too, thinking about this and kind of reflecting on you know, how long it has been, you know, I've been with Cheryl for eight years and I think that I was very young when I first came to her company. I had worked for a lot of other small businesses that were creative in different ways and had worked with clients in a lot of different ways. But this was all very new to me. So the more responsibility that I had and the more that she kind of brought me into the fold, the more that I started to feel like, you know, these are the ways that I can help to grow this role for myself, obviously, but also the ways that I can see my skill set being able to cater to some of this. Now, it wasn't always smooth. And there's even still instances where I have bad habits that show up that really I wish, you know, didn't. But in the grand scheme of things, many. being able to kind of reel back to that and remember that some of those dynamics are the parts and pieces that make us successful overall are helpful. But it's having that like, sense of responsibility to someone else and also being able to call each other out a little bit when you need it is a huge, huge, was professionally for me was a huge game changer. It made me feel a lot different about the role that I had and what I was capable of doing in the company and for the company. Yeah, I think you have to be able to empower your integrator, this this person that is taking over a lot, you have to be able to empower them to argue with you, for sure. And and Liz and I have great respect for each other in that regard. And sometimes I'm not sure if the team can always, you know, understand that if somebody new is sees us bickering, like, you know, the, the work wife and, and that sort of thing uh, that people joke about, it's it's true. But there, it's but we we have that respect for each other that that surpasses all of that. And I think once you build that relationship, then you can you can you know, take care of anything with that. And sometimes both of us are a little stubborn, you know, both of us are a little stubborn. So sometimes we have to go and sit with it a little bit and say, okay, you know, all right, well, maybe I didn't handle that as well as I should, or maybe you're right about this or, or, you know, like today when I sent Liz something and said, wait a minute, we had that meeting on Thursday or Friday and they hadn't paid yet. The guy just says, oh, I'm dropping in a check, you know, in New Orleans. And I'm like, what? What happened there? And that's not our process and that's not our protocol, but Liz knows that that she can get away with a certain amount of things if she feels like it's something important. In this case, it was he was dropping it off at the shop and, and we felt good about it and it was fine. We typically don't do that, but I'm also not gonna stand on major ceremony and, and make sure that, that you know, I'm not going to be the one to have to manage that. You know, that's that's really Liz's job. And I said, you know, hey, maybe we need to figure out a different way just to make sure that right. uh, if they are dropping off a check that, that we've gotten it and all that. But I think that the empowering of her to be able to handle things like that is really good. But it doesn't mean that I'm not going to say, hey, whoa, I don't want this to happen unless we both agree on right. it or, you know, whatever. So, so my three important takeaways 
on this that I want to make sure and convey to you is this member of the team needs a lot of autonomy. Okay, sometimes they can cut a few corners, like I just said, and even though it's rarely about outcome with it, because again, this, this, this is somebody that has really good sense, really good critical thinking skills, but they also, they need to have some empowering of that, and they need to be motivated in ways that work for them, and it's not always money, believe it or not. I mean, that's certainly a very powerful motivator, but sometimes it's not, and with Liz, it for sure has been autonomy and the freedom to be able to develop her role and her job the way she sees and I say that to her all the time. And I believe that it's like, look, if you don't, if this is a part of your job, that's becoming a drudge and you want to work on something else. Absolutely. You know, let me know. We can hire somebody to do this or that or whatever. And then sometimes I have to gently nudge her to be able to get her to give up something like doing all the invoices, which I think she's still doing. Right, Liz? But it's but I'm thinking, you know, she doesn't need to be doing that. I'm paying her too much to be doing the invoicing, but she likes that control over it. You know, it's so hard you got to break be prepared. those type of habits. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. And I think you want to make sure it gets done right. And, you you know, yeah. instinctively when to send the invoice to the client and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's, you, you understand the cadence of the relationship and what's going on. So some things just can't be completely automated. But you know what? I say Liz is a grown adult. And if she says that she can manage that with the other things that she's supposed to manage and do, then I have to let her, you know, handle that and be prepared to give up some of that when, you know, she's ready to do that. And I think you also have to think about uh, paying this person a good sum. You know, you really do it. It's, it's worth every single penny if you find the right person to mesh with you and your team. And let me say this, when I hired Liz eight years ago, I mean, she started like here because she was only going to be here a couple of years and blah, blah, blah. And now eight years later, here we are. But it's, but I will tell you that when we started making this transition and I realized like, oh my God, this, this is this awesome person and we mesh so well and all of that, it really, I never would have thought five years before that, that I would be able to afford that. I really wouldn't have. And that is the truth. And I think sometimes it's like uh, buying a new purse or something, you know, you, you fill it up, right? Or, uh, you know, you, you think I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this purse and I'm just, you know, I'm going to have it as a bag and I'm not going to fill it up, but, but actually you do fill it up. And I think that that keeps people from hiring a lot of times in general. And then they're so frustrated with everything they're doing that they get frustrated with whoever they hire. And it's just, I think designers wait too long overall. Uh, a lot of small businesses wait too long to actually hire anybody. And then you end up being in a, in a really bad uh, place where you're just in total entropy and that sort of thing. And you can't train people up the ladder. So if you have somebody now that has some of these characteristics, once you read the book and listen to the podcast, then, uh, you know, think about that, because that's exactly what we did with Liz. But I will say that she had a lot of, you know, self I, I like to figure things out. And that definitely I think that Cheryl is a very capable person and obviously is very, you know, savvy in her role in general. But I think that being able to learn something new and to find a way that I could kind of weasel my way in and, and be a value was something that was important to me. I think that we talk about this a lot and we'll talk a little bit more about it a little later. But when it comes to kind of the hiring dynamics, we're always thinking to ourselves, like, what is the skill set or the facet of a personality that we're not thinking of that could be great for this type of a role? Or what do we need this person to be able to do? And sometimes it isn't the obvious. I think that that is, I'm sure when Cheryl first met me wearing a scarf in October in Pensacola, 
in TJ Maxx, she probably was thinking to herself, that like, yeah, I'm going to- That was my story to tell. That was my story. I wanted to tell how I had met oh, you Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, ad. go, go, go. That's go ahead. Right. That's go. all right. Okay, so I met Liz from Craigslist ad, okay? So that is, I don't know that people do that anymore, but that's what it was. And I was on my way to London um, for this big event, you know, design event. And I also had this HDTV pilot I was hired to style and finish up, okay? So I had to get that done. And so, and they, of course, with any TV thing, it always gets delayed, delayed, delayed. And here I am going to London and, you know, I was going to be gone for two weeks, blah, blah, blah. So I was off to Home Goods to shop for, you know, some little accessories and things like that to spice it up. And I had to do double duty. So I asked Liz, not only Liz, but actually another gal too, uh, that didn't end up making the cut long-term, if they wanted to tag along and interview as we shopped and talked. Okay, now I'm not actually uh, recommending this as a great way to interview people, but that is the truth. And it was not conventional at all, but I ended up hiring both. And this was not for an integrated role at the time. It was just an assistant to help downstairs with retail, but that did not last long. The famous story is, is that once I, I knew really that, that, that Liz was like this really incredible person was when she was drawing, when I said to her, really basically to give her something to do, was like, I need a cactus. Okay, we're in Pensacola, Florida, North Florida, all right? There's not a lot of cactuses around here, cacti. And I said, I need a cactus, you know? And, and I didn't say anything about what kind or whatever. I said, I need a cactus, it needs to be big, and it needs to be in the corner for Murphy job, and this is what we need to do. And so then she draws me all these different cactuses. You know, at the time, we, we had notes at the end of the day that everybody sent uh, to me to, you know, kind of like recap of the day, anything important, you know, reminding me about stuff I need to do and all that. And she sent me all these pictures of the cactus, these drawings. And I thought that for some reason that just really, I thought, you know, I gave her this, this problem that just said, Hey, go find a cactus, go away, kid, you know, leave me alone here for a minute. Let me think. And she came back with all this stuff. And I just, for some reason that just really imprinted on me. And I knew that she was my gal there, you know? So, so let's talk about a little bit more about the specific um, characteristics of an integrator there. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it, but I want to make sure and hit some of these. So you really know, you know, the resilient, adaptable, self-managing, um, high achiever when goals are set, goals are great. You give Liz a goal, Liz, we need to build X amount of money in project management, uh, you know, in the next six months. Okay. Like she loves that, that goals. And I'm the same way with that too. Um, they can filter the visionary ideas. You know, sometimes she tries to squish my parade, but not in a way that is not for the best part of it. And she usually comes around. If I, if I can defend my thesis, then she will come around and say, yeah, okay, maybe it's a good idea. Um, good problem solvers, uh, continuous learner, accepts criticism and grows from it. That's a really big one. And they kind of, ex they, they execute the vision and they get a lot of uh, pleasure out of it, I think too. Uh, I mean, wouldn't you say, Liz, I mean, you can speak to this more oh, yeah. really than I can. No, absolutely. I mean, I think that, again, you know, part of this is growing professionally, but I can remember, you know, early on, you know, having conversations where, you know, I'd feel deflated or just like, I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm doing or why am I doing this? But I think that there was always something about feeling this sort of background motivation to figure it out, to work through it, to learn about it and to understand that, the only way to kind of get over the hill is to really do the hard work and to get yourself there. Um, when it came to, um, I can remember this was, gosh, I guess four, five years ago maybe, we changed over our whole project management system. And it was like a dagger to oh my boy. heart when Cheryl oh told me this. This was like right before Christmas and the holidays and end of year. And it's like, you know, we had a bunch of stuff going on. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me right now. 
And I, I, and I was think so that excited. Probably, I was so excited about it. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. I've got the greatest idea. This is what we're going to do. And, and I'm like, oh, rah, rah, just boom, bah, that kind of thing. And then Liz is like big weapon. I just could not, I couldn't handle it. I was very, I felt very unsettled by it. I was concerned. Tech is not my thing. So I felt very challenged by the fact that like, I'm going to have to try to figure out how to do my job now through this whole new program. And it took me a solid, probably two and a half, three months to even get to a point where I could operate without complaining about it, which I'm not proud of to say that it took me that long, but I always think there of that. There were days when I, I wanted to strangle her, <laughs> strangle her. And I'm looking at her and going, Liz, it's not that much different than Trello, okay? We can do this. You can do it. You can learn this new thing. But you know, she right. did, she was able to, to it took me time. master it. Yeah, it, but well, it I takes definitely, time for anybody. Yeah. And I look at that now as an example to myself when I feel uncertain about an idea or I feel like, you know what, this feels like it's divergent from what we should be doing or whatever. I have to remind myself that, you know what, first of all, you don't know everything. And second of all, there have been very few times when Cheryl hasn't either researched the crap out of something before she presents it to all of us or doesn't have some sort of good rationale for wanting to at least explore a new idea. And those are things that are hard for me because I operate so much day to day in getting things done, getting clients situated, getting subs sorted out. You know, she has a little bit more of that brain space to be able to look ahead and to think about those things. And I struggle with that. So I do always look at that as something that I have to be more open to, to be able to be better, to be able to really rise to the occasion. Yeah, and you've, and you've done a great job with that, too. And I think that we both learned in our roles. And so you, you might be asking yourself right now, well, so how do I know if I'm a visionary integrator or whatever? So the visionary, we've talked a lot about the integrator, but visionaries are very much have a million ideas a week. You know, I, I you know, check that box really well. They drive the bigger deals. Uh, they're the primary sales front person, although Liz does quite a bit of that herself, and she's a, a phenomenal designer as well. So it's not that we, we all wear a lot of hats, that's for sure. I have the passion for the highs and lows, you know, a little bit more. I'm a little bit up and down with things like that, but have that passion there. You know, I would consider, you know, visionary is really the rainmaker. They're establishing the core values and the vision for the firm, um, the brand consistency, um, can, you know, new product instigator. So when I'm looking at these leads that we're getting, for example, and I'm saying, you know what, a lot of these leads are not fitting into to what we uh, typically sells full service design and and but yet we're getting leads every day and I don't I'm I'm a salesperson at heart so I I'm like wait what we need to be able to think about how to address this so Liz let's talk about that let's talk about how we can we can develop a product that actually will work for these leads so that we don't have to turn them away so that's the kind of thing that that I'm going to be doing uh, more so and then of course the day to day business but we'll talk about our specific roles that's just in general uh, what what people do. So, so getting into that, that I'm the creative director, I'm the head marketing boss lady, I'm the developer of ideas, the rainmaker, you know, the, I manage the business and uh, I focus on being the overall big problem solver. Liz deals with a minutia of problems every single day that I, thank the good Lord, do not even know about. And that is a beautiful thing, y'all. That is a beautiful thing. But I'm dealing with the bigger problems, you know, things that, that are coming up and Oh, I don't know, taxes, whatever, you know, that, that kind of stuff, you know, day to day, I work to on kind of like see, like, I feel like a lot of times you kind of will call to my attention, like, hold on a minute. Like this is not, this process is not working the way you think it is, or this is not as clean as we need it to right. be. Cause you're, which you're is, head again, down, super, I think. super helpful. Yeah. Right. And you're, you're head down. And so I'm seeing it from a little bit of a global 
uh, point of view. So, so this is all about, you know, we're talking now about, you know, how we make it work and how we do that. And so I'm, you know, day to day, I work on the high level design end. So I'm the creative director in that regard. And of course I do all the business coaching, even though Liz is there with me on that too. I'm still the primary uh, driver of that. Um, I go on most initial consultations, like I talked in uh, the first episode about, because I love them so much. I love doing the Cheryl show. And, um, but I don't get involved after the initial consult until I get what I call my go folder. And this is like the greatest place to be um, if you have a team or you aspire to have a team. You know, it has all the info in it I need to review uh, the project and work on schematics because I'm going to do the, the majority of the schematics in my firm. That's just one of my sweet spots, so I'm going to do that. But I get, once I do that initial consultation and Liz and I have agreed on a fee, we've sent out the scope of work and boom, you know, we're done with that. I don't touch that job again until after all the onboarding is done, the questionnaire is done, the blah, blah, blah. I don't touch it again, really, until I get the go folder and then we're going to have a design direction meeting. So our process is very specific about this. And I really, I really like it. I, I think that, um, that, that the truth is, is none of this would be able to be done, no matter how amazing Liz may be, without a lot of very specific processes and the roles being very outlined so carefully. And I think that sometimes this is hard for designers. This is what I see in coaching to really sit down and delineate those roles. And I will tell you that when you hire somebody new, those roles may change a little bit because that person may have specific skills that the previous person didn't have. So, so it does have to be sort of a, a little bit of a malleable type of thing, but it's really important for people to understand what they're responsible uh, to do. And you know, Liz, you can talk about you know, some of the things that you do. But we only have oh. a half hour show, just I so know. you know. I know, right. <laughs> um, so typically I handle a lot of our new lead integration. So as soon as someone gets in touch and wants to talk to us about hiring us for a type of service, um, usually I take the lead on that and then move them in through to the initial consultation meeting setup. So getting them booked and invoiced and all that business. Um, attending new consults with Cheryl. I do this and actually Libby does a lot of this now because I'm you know, remote in a good capacity. I do miss them, but I do love, I love that dynamic. A lot of subcontractor communications, and this is everything Thank from goodness. phone calls to emails, really kind of keeping people on track, reminding them what they said they were gonna do, trying to make sure they have what they need to get their job done, and getting a lot of our bidding situated and being able to really kind of work through with clients to keep them updated, to facilitate sales with them, to make sure that we're moving a project forward, but also finding opportunity to sell, you know, kind of the add-ons to them as we're wrapping up a job. I wanna make sure that people know that this is not just an admin type of role at all. Liz is our project manager. I mean, again, I'm a small company, so, you know, we have, what, seven or eight of us, I guess yeah, we're down to wear a lot right of now. hats. Yeah, you wear a lot of hats, but they're very well-defined hats. So, and what the beautiful thing about it is, is that I'm not having to worry about the day-to-day. -day, so it allows me to focus on the bigger picture, you know? And I'm, I know when, because of our processes, when exactly when I need to pop back in and I need to go, okay, we need to have a design direction about this, or, oh, we need to have this meeting or, or whatever, all of those uh, kinds of things. So it is really important to realize that that this is not just, uh, you know, depending on the person, of course, that you have, yeah. but this is not just an admin role. This is definitely, Liz is very involved in the sales end of it and, you know, working with clients and, and trying to do those add-on, you know, sales and, and helping facilitate some of those. And there's some smaller jobs that she handles completely 100%, you know, on her own with just maybe some help with the staff too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yep. And okay, making look, sure look, that our staff in general is paying attention and doing what they should be for right. the most part. Right. And then I, I, I can't, I can't not say also that you're the head buckle baker. And oh, this yeah. is, you know, people, what the heck is a buckle? A buckle is a strudel type pastry and that Liz likes to make for subs, you know, because we're not above bribing it. Like in, during COVID, we, we learned how to bribe subs in a, in a really, yes. you know, in a very good good way. Um, and just to, to pop in a little bit and tell you about the rest of the team, because you, you may be wondering about that. We have Miranda who handles the office management vendor relationships in our trade program. Um, and she's she's pretty much like the, the go-to person for um, things going on in the office. Um, Libby is uh, another part of the management team and the, and, you know, part of the design team. And she's forefront on the latest, greatest is one of our lead designers. So she handles the final des uh, design renderings, uh, putting it all together and all of that. And a lot of times her and Liz are getting together on that before it even comes to me. So it just yeah. depends on the just job. I will identify. And yeah. Yeah. And I identify like there's some clients that we've had for a long time that I'm going to be involved super intently right from the beginning. And then there's some that I'm getting involved at a, at a different level. And we just decide all that together. And then Libby also is the guru of our candle studio. Gabrielle is super creative and handles the marketing showroom design and also the retail design clients too, which has really been something that we've been working towards in our retail. Uh, Jen is a really more of our expediter, I guess, and, and head of the CAD department. So mm -hmm. she does all the as-builts um, and the measures and things like that. She does purchasing. Um, she works on a lot of kitchens and bath sourcing. And she's been with us for a long time. And it's a really key asset to our team. And it's very, like, very even keel. Jen's very even keel. Like, some of us are, like, in a, you know, a little more up and down and kind of, you know, you know, Getting like when Liz is here, she's like running up the stairs and, you know, like, hey, Liz is here, you know, and that kind of thing. And, and Jen's really good because she keeps that that equilibrium going on. And then we have Steph, too, and she is amazing as well and, and worked with us uh, 10 or 11 years ago. And then she started having babies and moved with her husband, to, you know, blah, blah, blah. So now she's uh, remote, but she handles, you know, whatever needs to be done. But a lot of special projects, she handles the design paradigm. She keeps me in line. She's not afraid to argue with me either, like Liz. And then Liz is just the overseer of all of um, the above and, and also a lead designer, you know, depending on the project. Is there anything else that I've left out, Liz, that you want to talk? Because I know that they care more about your role and hearing about that than they do really, you know, anything that, you know, I have to say about the visionary. No, I mean, I think that, you know, from a broader perspective, I, I try to perceive it as, you know, just kind of making sure that things are moving, like you know, making sure, you know, that there are things that everyone has, they can be contributing to how they grow professionally, that we have good momentum on our client projects, that everyone is feeling like they're getting to kind of um, get their hands dirty. And this is, you know, certainly more so in the last year, I've kind of been forced to do this, but it's also been really good for me to, like Cheryl said, to delegate and to kind of right. keep tabs too on Cheryl and be sure that the things that she's wanting to get done and the ways that we need to be catering to new leads that we're doing that. I mean, it really has changed over the years for sure, but I think that what I enjoy so much about my role is that it's multifaceted and it really does allow me to mm -hmm. see things from a different perspective and to really understand better what the company needs to kind of keep things moving along so I can be a part of that in whatever facet it needs to be depending on the day. Right. So, okay, so what's one thing that drives you crazy about me as a visionary? And what's one well, thing you love about it? <laughs> like, keep it clean. Well, I think keep that- it clean. The thing that, that challenges me the most, and again, this is something that I think from a professional perspective has been a huge source of growth for me as well. So it really is kind of the challenge and the benefit, but it is just the, 
amazing space that exists in her brain for new ideas and 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 wanting to refine things and feeling the capacity that we are capable of that. I mean, I think sometimes I get so bogged down in what it is that I need to be able to accomplish that I, I just think to myself, like, how can she not look at her plate and think like, okay, I'm like full up here. Like I've got enough spaghetti and meatballs to deal with for the whole week. <laughs> but being able to really kind of look at things and slow down. I mean, that really is another big part of it for me because a lot of times when she gets these ideas or she has these new things she wants to pursue or to research, I have to say to myself, okay, the best thing for this dynamic right now is gonna be for me to carve out two hours. I'm gonna tell her we're gonna set a meeting, we're gonna talk about it, we're gonna figure out what it is that she wants to do and then figure out from there how it needs to you know, be implemented or what more research we have to do or whatever. It helps me get a better understanding of really how serious she is about some of these things, but also it settles me a little bit to understanding that day to day, we are very fortunate to be very, very busy, but we don't know what six months from now or a year from now is going to look like. And I think part of what's been so valuable about her contribution in our local area and just to our clients in general over the years has been that dynamic sensibility to be able to grow the business and to be able to cater to people's needs in a lot of different ways. So I know and have seen the proof of that in the pudding. You know, we have clients who we've been with for 10, 15 years easily who keep coming back for more. So as much as it is difficult and challenging, it for sure is a part of the dynamic that I have to value as well. Yeah. Okay. Now it's my turn. Thank you for all that. That was really nice. Yeah, sorry. I'm going to have to transcribe that so I can remember and remind you of it when I'm driving you crazy. You know, so what, what's one thing that, that Liz does that makes me bite my fingernails? There's not really very much, but I think I alluded to it earlier is that sometimes she will, uh, you know, ask for forgiveness instead of asking for permission. But, you know, it's been, it's been eight years of her understanding, like, where those boundaries are. And it doesn't keep me from saying, you know, no matter how like amazing she is, I'm still going to say, Liz, uh uh-uh, no, we shouldn't have done that. You know, that's not, no, that's not, that's not the way we need to handle that or do this or whatever. But it's, but she knows it's just, I think sometimes she wants to get it done. Right. And, and so that's it. But you know, it's impossible to me say just one thing she does that amazes me because there's so much of it, but, but probably that she puts up with me and that she puts up with the ups and downs of a visionary. Because I think that a lot of us in this role, in my role are, are a little bit cray cray, you know, and, and we have a lot of ideas and, and we're a handful. You know, we're like herding cats sometimes with it's just one person and we're all herding cats. And I and I think that sometimes, you know, there's lots of little cats running around my brain, you know, looking for for different things and that sort of thing. So, you know, you might think like, is is this me? You know, let me let me give you some some ideas. You know, are you facing burnout? You know, you have a lack of control over the business. You know, the business is controlling you. Um, you're watching the PL and it's not growing at the rate you expect it to. Um, because I will tell you for sure, eight years ago, we started making more money. I mean, there is no doubt about it. You know, don't ask for a raise or anything like that, Liz, now just because I'm giving you a big head. But for sure, I mean, we've, we've grown every year, year after year, even when we had the first recession and all that, 2008, 2009, you know, we weathered that okay um, because I've always been relatively diversified. But I will tell you that for sure, because I've had somebody in that boat with me and that has been an amazing, 
amazing opportunity. And I think too, um, you know, you're ready. You have to have the money to afford this, hire this integral person. You really do. You have to be ready mentally. You have to be ready to give up some control. And that is not easy to do. Um, you're ready to slow down maybe a bit. Okay, maybe you're ready to slow down a little bit. I know that's a big motivator for me. Uh, not that I have slowed down, but maybe one day. And you're ready to focus on another aspect of the business. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to pursue coaching while we, we still have a, a going firm and all that, because I, I feel like I have a lot to say and a lot to share about the business end and the marketing end. So I really wanted to, to uh, be able to do that. And Liz has allowed me to be able to do that and still do my day job, so to be, so to speak. I think the tension is normal between this kind of, you know, this sort of situation. Uh, disagreement's normal. It's not a sign of disrespect, but rather dealing with it and moving through uh, a sign of great respect for each other and the roles when you move through this. So just be understand that. So that if you have somebody that's an integrator now or, or you're thinking about somebody, but you're like, oh my God, I might kill them. Well, you might. You might on any given day, you know, want to throttle each other, you know, but integrators are unicorns. You know, I, I really, I'd say that um, we're not gonna have a lot of time to go in where you can, you can find them and that sort of thing. I don't know, Liz, do you have any ideas on that? Like just a minute before we get into I our I just think damn the good biggest truth? thing, yes, I think the biggest thing with hiring is you really have to be open-minded. I think that you never know. I mean, even I look at it now and I think to myself, I don't know how I got here because it certainly wasn't what I would have ever anticipated for myself, but you have to Me be open and either. to give people the opportunity to try to work their way in, you know, to not assume just yeah. because they don't have a certain background or because they didn't go to school for something that they don't have That's the right. capacity to offer something valuable yeah. to your company. It may not be what you expect, and but it may not it be, traditional be valuable. Design, a traditional right. design background either. I mean, the best people I've ever hired over 23 years have not actually had a strong background uh, in design. So let's get to the damn good truth of number four. Okay. And this is, you really need to listen to this. The hardest thing I have ever done in my business is learning to be okay not driving the bus. And I think sometimes Liz would like for me to stop using that phrase. But the hardest thing I have ever done in my business is learning to be okay not driving the bus. I'm gonna repeat that again because it's really super important for everybody to understand. The best thing I have ever done for my business is learning to be okay not driving the bus. And that is the honest to God truth. And if you had asked me 15 years ago, if I would have said that, I would have said, no, it's not easy. It takes work and understanding your own limitations and strengths, but it's essential if you want to grow, retain a team and not wear all the hats. You know, did I mention it's not easy? But if I can do it, so can you. You just have to find those right people and your hiring is a capital investment in your business. That's the way I look at it. It really is. So. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you come back next time. Join our free Facebook group, Small Business Think Big, if you would like. Uh, if you would like more information about the design paradigm, there will be information in the notes. Um, and if you like what you hear, always drop us a review, uh, a message, anything at all, so we know that you are listening. Thank you. Bye. Until next time, stay bold, stay inspired, and keep embracing your bad girl spirit. If you've enjoyed today's show, head over to join the community at damngooddesigner.com to continue the conversation and sign up for our newsletter. 